but God is good. Uh, God's been uh, dealing with me on a, on a special, on a particular word. This this week, I was actually at the store and I ran into this book, and I just started going through it. I actually stood there. I stood at the at the bookstore and I actually started reading the book like piece by piece. And I felt it wasn't right. I had to just buy it. Amen. <laughs> I felt a little guilty, so I had to go ahead and buy it. And I'm still not done reading it, but it's an amazing book. It's called uh, it's called All In by a guy named Mark uh, Batterson. If you get a chance, I think you should go get it. Amen. Amen. Y'all awake tonight? Y'all know for the youth, we normally do jumping jacks, amen, when it starts getting late. Get everybody kind of blood pumping, amen? Okay, yeah, I ain't feeling it. <laughs> anyway, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn down to uh, Matthew chapter chapter 19 and just hold right there. I'm going to tell you a little story about me when I was a little kid. Anybody ever ever wonder what success was? The definition of success. I think a lot of people have different ways to define success. Some people think being rich is being successful. Some people have uh, uh, different measures in different places. It's measured in different ways. I want to tell you, when I was a kid, I, I want you know, I always wanted to be successful. And I think the biggest thing I I dealt with is I never wanted the limit of you know wanting to do something and not being able to. I, I just want to, you know what, I, I want to go. I want to go on vacation. I want to go somewhere. I want to do whatever I want to do. And I don't want to ever be in a, in a bind where financially I can't do it. And when I was a kid, so, you know, what we, we, we'll see is we saw the people, when you're in Africa, all the people that you would consider successful are the people kind of put in their own time to get there. You know, if the parents were already already kind of made it there, we didn't really, you know, we didn't really pay them no mind, amen. We we saw the people who kind of worked hard, got out, and you kind of had to leave the country in order to establish yourself. You'd go out the country, go somewhere, go to school, and you come back, and it's like you start from the bottom up, and you kind of, you know, provide for your family and stuff like that, and that, that was the measure of success. So my... If, if you and I don't know how many people would have fallen into that, but I would imagine my probably my entire generation would have thought of that was a was a success. And this was my aspiration. This is what I wanted to do. So I got out and went to college, and I worked hard to to get to where I would have you know been to where I would have considered myself successful, right? And I had this I had this this measure. I'm not there, but I had this measure still where I, where I always wanted to go. But then sometime, you know, in there, I got married. Y'all know my beautiful wife. She's not here tonight. She's not feeling too well. Pray for her. Amen. And amen. And as Desi would say, <laughs> Desi's prophesying. Maybe we're pregnant. Amen. But we don't know. Y'all just keep prophesying. Maybe we just spread the rumors. Amen. We might get pregnant at the house. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Y'all y'all don't even y'all even want to know what else she she <laughs> Oh Lord. <laughs> All right. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Blue light special in Spain. Amen. So, not, not intentionally though, but whenever you start thinking about success and you get saved, you invite Jesus into your life and then you go off and you, you get up in the morning, you start praying, you say, oh Lord Jesus, thank you because you're my superhero. You're going to help me be successful. Amen. So Jesus, go ahead and help me when I get to work. Help me climb this ladder. Help me do this. Help me do this. Help me do this. And before you know it, Jesus becomes a superhero for hire. Amen. 
And this is what we use Jesus for. We get up in the morning. We say, Jesus, help me do this. Help me do that. Help me do this. And uh, back home, and there's no offense to my, uh, to, my, to my buddies, but back home we have a lot of different cultures. And we have a, I don't know if Judy, Judy's here. Is she here? Judy, you here? Okay, cool. So we have a, um, we have a common name named Juma. And Juma will be a house, uh, like a, 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 house, uh, a house help. And whenever you found like the Indian community, uh, Indian like from from India, we had a we had a thing where they'll say Juma, go just do this, Juma before he's even left. You'll be like Juma, get back to this. So before you know it, Juma was always like doing. Juma would like have like twenty different tasks, and that that was a thing to say, hey, you know, don't make me Juma. Don't give me like twenty things. Give me one thing at a time to complete. But before you know it, what I've realized in my life is that my whole life I've been doing this. Ever since I knew that I could rely on Jesus to do something, I have been putting my, my desires and my aspirations and my plans and say, Jesus, I need you to help them make, make happen. Amen. And I don't know how many people ever gotten up in the morning and, and just pray, Jesus, come into my life. And, you know, since you're in my life, you know I didn't study for this test, but help me pass it, Lord. Oh, okay, I'm by myself on that, okay? <laughs> I'm by myself. How about this one? He said, oh, Lord Jesus, you know I was wrong, but Lord, help me not get a spanking tonight, amen? When my mama get home, Jesus, I know you can help me, Lord. You can help me. I used to get to school, and we used to get spanking in schools, y'all. I don't know about y'all, but I used to get to school, and I'm like, oh, I know I'm going to get it today. And you know, when, when, when the sun's not really out, it's a little, you know, it's cold in the morning, Judy, you know what I'm talking about? It's really cold in the morning. And they go pull out the switch and have you put your hands out like this. And they bring that. Mm, man, and it's cold. Oh, okay. You ain't never got hit in your hand when it's cold. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. It don't feel good at all. It doesn't. It doesn't. You said, nah, just get it right here. When it's cold, just take it in the back. Amen. When it's hot, don't take it in the back. Take it in the hand. Because you'll get over it. Amen. So... And that, that was the attitude. That was the entire attitude that I had. But something is wrong with that. And the, the, something is wrong with that attitude. And that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight. It's not going to be a long sermon. But it's something that God's been talking to me about. It's we've gotten to a place where we, we've accepted Jesus Christ into our lives. But we have not given our lives to Jesus. That's something for us to just kind of think about. Just let that marinate for us for a minute. And uh, we're probably going to show that picture here in a second. But a lot of times we come up, and I've had the same mindset. I'm just sharing. I'm actually preaching to myself, right? I've gotten to a place where I say, you know what? That's the pastor's job. The pastor goes all in. He goes all out, you know. He he goes full-time into ministry. You know, the rest of us, we... You know, we go to work and, you know, let the pastor do the church thing. You know, amen. We come to church, help him outreach on Saturdays from 10 to 12. And he's with the church. We go do our thing. Maybe I'm the only one that's ever felt that way. But that, oh, I'm not. Okay, amen. God bless y'all for being honest. Amen. We got some honest people over here. Might make it to heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. But in the same, that's the same mindset that when we hear a pastor come up or somebody come up and start preaching about the rapture or the end times, there's not really an excitement that comes in when we start talking about the rapture. You ever wonder why there's not an excitement deep inside that we're going to go to heaven? 
That's because we've been sitting, think, st we're still thinking about, we're still thinking about our plans here on earth. That's because we've taken Jesus Christ and said, Jesus, help me get there, help me get there, help me get my stuff. But we've completely taken our minds off of Jesus. What is it that I need to do for you to accomplish your plan? Amen. Let's take this in the heart for a minute. There's a picture right behind me. And it'll blow your mind, right? So let's say everybody in this picture is saved. And these are percentages on the left. These are not necessarily right numbers. These are not like statistical figures. This is just something I, I threw together. And the question at the top says, where do you fit? But there wasn't, we didn't have PowerPoint back there, so I just took a snip, so I cut it off, okay? Amen? The left side says wrong. And these, assume everybody here is a person that claims to be Christian. The left side says wrong, meaning you're, you're, Man, that's about 45%. 45% of the people that claim to be Christians are completely living in sin. Out there, just wilding out, doing what they're doing. And there's a middle section that says not wrong. These are the people that came up 40%, and I'm just doing these numbers together, by the way, that said, you know what? I'm not living in sin. I'm not living in sin, so I'm not doing sin, All right? So we've, we've made, uh, we've learned how to live not in sin. You know, we get up every day, we don't do the wrong thing, but that does not mean we do the right thing. So this is where a lot of majority of the Christians in the church are actually, right here in the middle. Because on the right side, these are the guys that say, I'm all in. Meaning, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what the world standards say, it doesn't matter what, what, whatever I want, what is it that God wants, I'll put all in and I'll go for it. There's a huge distinction between the two. Because I bet you, and I don't know about you guys, I'm going to tell you, when I did my own test to try to figure it out, this wasn't a test that anybody was in, I really saw myself as dead in the middle. I said, you know, I can't, I, I must not be all in. I, there's just no way that I could have been all in. There's so many opportunities and places where I've been so focused on what I need to do versus what God needs to do in that, in that circumstance. And that's just me. Amen. But automatically, automatically when we get saved, we actually think that we come from this side from wrong and we have to stop in the middle. We think that we actually have to stop in the middle and stop sinning for a little bit. That maybe one day we'll be, we'll be over here like where the pastor and all the cool people are where they give all their lives and stuff like that but this is actually not a, 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 a this is not actually reality there's not actually a bridge between this side to the other side we're actually ideally supposed to be saved here and ideally when we are saved we're right there but then there's been a a, a picture of what religion should be and what, what a godly person should be. And we've been painted right here in the middle. So we've been looking at a picture and saying, this is what I should walk like. This is what I should live like. And we keep painting our lives every day, day in and day out. We get out the house and we paint that. But that does not mean we're actually accomplishing anything for Christ. And I'm sorry, I'm kind of jumping all over my notes here. If you got Matthew chapter 19. Verse 16 to 22. This is a story about the rich young ruler. Verse 16 says, Now behold, uh, if you got your Bible, say, if you got it open, say amen. So I can get started here. Amen. And now behold, one man came to him, uh, came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good, no one is good but one, that is God. 
But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? Jesus said, do not murder, murder, do not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Where were Ah, uh, yes, 20. The young man said to him, all these I have kept from my youth. Which do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sor sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Where was this young man? He's actually the picture of righteousness. When you want to see somebody and you say, man, this is a good guy, this is a good man. He, Jesus tells him, this is what you got to do. What does he say? I've done this since I was a kid. If you actually meet this guy, he's a picture of Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King, and everybody else that you could ever thought, think of that, that lived a life right on the, on the right. But there's a, there's a place that, that defines a difference between what this guy had and what all in is asking for. Jesus asked ask him, he says, why don't you go sell these things and do this and come follow me and carry your cross? But his actual request actually sounded something like this. Jesus, how can you help me serve this other God and have you at the same time? Now, how many times do we ask Jesus that? Every single day, I got to tell you, for a long time, for a long time, I've done that. For a long time, I've done that. Get up, be a workaholic, work crazy hours, and say, okay, Jesus, help me, help me, help me. I'm just thinking about work. Just thinking about what I need to do to climb and get there, get, get it done. And that's the attitude you wake up with every morning. You, you're coming in, you're new, you're at the bottom, you say, you know, I'm going to get there. And you work hard. And I don't know about you at your jobs, at your school, but you work hard at whatever you're working on. But how much time do we actually spend on that side? Or are we saying, Jesus, help me serve the God that I have placed before you and be successful at it? Personally, I've, strugg I've struggled with that, asking Jesus, help me serve the God that I've placed in front of you. And I still try to figure out that, well, actually, I've, I've begun to realize that the more I start serving this other God, the further I start getting away. And I say, well, wait a minute, God, something's not right. And it turns out that when I turn the opposite way and start spending so much time, spending time with God, I actually start excelling even a lot more in everything else. I hope somebody's getting this tonight. The rich young ruler asked Jesus, which do I still lack? Meaning there was a lack in his life. He didn't, he had everything that he could ever ask for financially, money, he had everything. He lived a righteous life, but he still lacked something. He said, what do I still lack? He wanted eternal life. There was something that he was lacking, which a lot of people are lacking now. And that's actually giving his life to Jesus. Actually giving his life. Giving his life actually required him putting away the other God so he could accept and take Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Amen. I hope somebody's getting this tonight. If you turn to 
Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. I'll tell you what it says. It says, and Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself to take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Denying yourself does not mean stop eating salads for two days, amen? Because they don't cut out the belly no way. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Denying yourself. Denying yourself. This man was asked to go to deny himself. But I got to tell you that. Actually, I, I want to bring this back. When Jesus, and I'm probably skipping here. In Romans chapter. Romans chapter 10. Verse 9. It says, if you confess Jesus with your mouth. Uh, and believe in your heart, right? If you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior uh, with your mouth and believe with your heart that God raised it from the dead, you will be saved. And may y'all believe that? There was a time when confessing Jesus Christ with your mouth as Lord and Savior actually meant, uh, uh, you know, something publicly will happen to you. Meaning we still have this back back home in Africa that actually in some families, if you confess Jesus Christ, you might get killed. You might get stoned. You might get burned. You will get cut off from your family. Confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in a lot of places, even across the world today, actually means that you are making a declaration that changes your life. If you make that decision, you will have to be all in because your life is actually on the edge. But it's turned around in the place where we have so much freedom, it's become something cheap. Well, we could get up and say, you know, I confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and I can do everything else, and it's okay. What happens is the gospel is starting to get cheapened. But let me tell you this. Matthew 16, verse 24 says, if anyone desires to come after me, he has to deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And, and it says, whoever desires to save his life or what? Will lose it. But if anyone loses his life for my sake, he'll find it. Amen? For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet lose his own soul? I got to tell you, the moment, the all-in moment actually tells us that, let me not get too ahead of myself, it actually, tell, actually tells us that we have to, we actually make a decision that there is nothing more important than serving Christ. Amen? Amen. If you got your Bibles, I actually got one more thing I want to share with you tonight. If you go to Luke chapter 5. Has anybody ever seen the, the war games and maybe the, the in some of the movies? I don't even know if they're called war games, but they have like a table, right? And they got these battleships on the table and they got like the stick or you actually get to move the battleships where they are. Anybody ever seen that? Yeah? Amen. Good. Because uh, I hope you did. <laughs> I was playing the whole sermon on it. No, but um, what's so awesome, though, is like those ships on the map across the globe, they're placed in strategic places. They're there for a reason in wherever places they're on the globe. And the guy has moved a ship here because he wants to, you know, it's like a chess game. Like he wants to attack on this side, so he moves a ship here. Right? In the same way, God has done that by strategically placing us where we're going. Meaning going all in 
doesn't mean we have to be broke or doesn't have doesn't mean that tomorrow we all decide that we're going to be pastors and get sent out across the world but it means that wherever God has placed you don't wear a uniform and go to work and not work meaning he's giving you a job he's giving you school he's put you in a place on the ship but if you don't it's like how many people got a job amen just put your hand up put it back down good God bless you for having a job how many people want to keep a job? God bless you for keeping a job, amen? But now how many people would wear a uniform, go to work, and not do work? How many people are going to keep their job? Amen. God bless you for you know that. <laughs> Guess what? This is the same way where we say, where we kind of fit in the middle, right? Where we say we're not doing wrong. I'm not living a life of sin, so I'm actually wearing the light. I'm actually wearing the uniform. But you get placed in a strategic place. But if you don't go all in, there are three things that you're actually concerned about. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. The first thing, without getting, getting too ahead of myself, is you're concerned about your name, your reputation. So if you got your notes, the, the first thing I would say is you're concerned about your name. A lot of times we build up a reputation where we are. So whether it's at work, whether it's at school, the, the youth, you guys know this. I, I had to go through this, right? Where you kind of made your friends and people know you for who you are. But then one day Jesus decides to tell you this is what you need to do. But you're too afraid to go all in because you're, you, you're afraid your reputation is going to stink. But guess what? Jesus doesn't need excuses for him. Don't make excuses for him. Amen? Each day you will get an opportunity to trade your name in for the work of God. Every single day, you get an opportunity to trade in your reputation and what you think people think of you for Christ. Every single day. Amen? In Luke chapter 5, I'm just going to go back to Luke chapter 5. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you, I found it, Lord. There we go. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. <laughs> All right, Luke chapter 5. Uh, starting in verse 1 says so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret amen did I say it right <laughs> amen and the two boats standing by the lake but the fisherman had gone from them and were washing their nets then he got into one of the boats which was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat and when he stopped speaking he said to Simon launch into the deep and let down your nets for a catch but Simon answered what master we have toiled all night caught nothing nevertheless at your word we will let down the net and when he was done, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and the nets were breaking. So they signals their partners um, and other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled the boats so that, so that they began to sink. And when Simon saw it, he fell down on his knees saying, depart from me for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. And for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. So it, so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Verse 11 says, so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. They forsook all and followed him. 
they got an opportunity. I'm going to tell you, Pastor actually preached about this uh, during uh, men's discipleship on Friday morning. It was amazing to hear this. These were guys, fishermen, who had been fishing all night, and they got jacked, right? And Jesus comes up and says, hey, guys, uh, they're washing their nets. You know, they've, they've been out there, worked all night, and they're washing their nets now. They're done, you know, and he says, hey, would you, uh, you know, just help me out a little bit? He First, he got in his boat. He ain't asking for permission, amen? He just got in his boat, and he said, hey, would you push me out a little bit? And they said, you know what? That's fine. We'll push him out. And when they were out there, started actually helping Jesus with this, Jesus preached and said, hey, let down your nets. And when they let down the nets, they caught, they caught so much fish, and they were, they were astonished. And Jesus said, you know what? You'll start catching men. And they left everything and went and followed Jesus. I read that, and it, 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 it kind of tickled something in my head. These guys were willing to catch, to, they had made the biggest catch they've ever had. The biggest catch they've ever had, meaning their ships were sinking. They were astonished. And they actually left everything to go follow Jesus. And these men who did this, and several men did this, actually went out and spread the gospel all around the world. And this is the, this is the reality of what we got to hear today. Amen. Somebody had to stop and realize they could have they could have kept fishing. They just had a real huge lump sum of cash in the fish that they had there, but they left everything aside so they could follow Jesus that day. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense with 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 the whole mindset now, this whole capitalist mindset of going to work and you're trying to make it. This is the biggest, this is it. This is the biggest load you ever made. And they left it. They didn't say they went and sold it. They left it. And went and followed Jesus. And spread the gospel. And today we get to hear the gospel because of men like this who put aside and say they left it all and went and followed Jesus. If you actually had read past where it said, uh, 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 we're talking about the rich young ruler. If you actually read further down, you would see Peter turn around and say, Master, we have left everything and followed you. This was the same guy. They were still with Jesus when the rich young ruler came up to him and he got to see this. There's something specific about your time. There's something special. When you want to realize, if you want to know if you're all in or not, you want to you calculate your time. We have 16 waking hours a day. We sleep eight for those who sleep eight, amen, but some people don't. But you have 16 working hours a day. How much of that time do you actually spend serving God? I ask myself that. I have a, a for for a while I, I've been working so much that leaving work I kind of I kind of need to be off and start you know maybe listen to some worship music or something try to get change change from work mode to church mode. But that's wrong. Why was I in a different mode? Why is it that I was in a different, I was in a different zone? It's like I was in a work zone and I have to change back into church mode so I can come here and be effective for God. I don't know if you ever wonder, if you ever asked yourself, when I say, are we ready for the rapture? When you think about that, if I have to turn from work mode to church mode so I can be effective, was I here in the spirit? Throughout the day, we're supposed to be in the spirit so God can use us where he has strategically placed us. But we, but, oh, I'm going to preach to me, amen, because I don't know about y'all. Y'all don't do this. I've done this, okay? <laughs> well, we go, well, I go, well, it's me, right? <laughs> we go, 
and we turn we we turn our switch and we go into full work mode we go into full whatever mode that we're doing we say jesus help me serve this other god whatever god this is and jesus is like okay uh <laughs> and then we come we say okay jesus help me now go serve you but then how do we serve him at church the people here come here we come here we get refreshed and guess what i know a lot of you are saved but the people out there where god has placed me need to hear about jesus where God has placed me, I turn off so I can serve them. That doesn't make any sense. I'm asking God. God is God is dealing with me about being all in. And and tonight, this is this is this is it. This is all I want to talk about tonight. God is dealing with me about being all in. And these are three places, three focus areas that I'm gonna start dealing with. The first one is my name, my reputation. I focus on my reputation. I, I walked in one time and my boss, my boss was talking about, I don't know if I've told you guys this before, he was talking about, you know, I'm a good person or whatever. And I was like, I'm sorry, that's not all it's going to take. And he's sitting right there and, <laughs> and uh, you know, he's, he tells my, my other boss, hey, Mazay just told me I'm going to hell. And I felt horrible. I said, yeah, I, 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 there's nothing I could do about that. You know, I, I put aside my name and my reputation. There was no, there is no repu. I have none. I have nothing to protect. If I'm gonna, if it's gonna mean that I need to go away from what Jesus is doing, I have nothing to protect. I'm all in. I want to tell you about your time. You have no time. There is no time that's allotted to you. There's no time that's allotted to me. There is God's time. And God carefully lends it to us every day, gives us 24 hours, 16 hours of which most of us are awake, eight of which most of, our, most of us are asleep. And we don't know when we will get another 24 hours. Are you all in in the 16 that he gives you? Come on, somebody think about this here. Are you all in in those 24 hours that he gives you? You're up 16 hours meeting people day in and day out, day in and day out. How many of those do we spend? preaching the gospel now i'm not saying go go i'm not saying you need to go stand on the corner and preach if god has called you to do that go do that but he has placed each and every last one of us in our places i'm gonna be honest i need to be more all in i need to go all in it's absolutely pointless if jesus christ comes tomorrow what what have i worked for what do i work so hard for to make a paycheck? Would he not stop? Would he ever stop giving me? Would he ever stop providing for me financially? Why would he ever stop doing that? He is so faithful. He's always been so faithful. But why is it that I why is it that we could ever get into a mindset where we're like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna go to church. I'm gonna do what's right, but I'm not gonna give all in. It's a point I always say we wear a uniform. A guy wears a uniform, comes to work, and works in the field, but he is the cleanest guy out there. <laughs> There's a guy working in the field. He is super clean. He's been cutting grass all day, digging ditches, but he is clean. He ain't even got no dirt on his shoe. What? That didn't make no sense. The last part. It's the switch. We got to be careful. We got to be careful with the modes. 
the zones in our lives where where I said personally I've had to switch right when I when I come off from work what I do is I, I tell my wife you know let me let me call you in a little bit especially if I had a long day I just say hey let me call you in a little bit because I'm 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 fired up you know if I had a long day I'm fired up don't talk to me right now give me give me some time let me let me cool out because you know you don't know if you know you just might be the first person on the phone and you ain't gonna like it. I'm gonna jack up your day too <laughs> I'm just being honest I'm a real person amen but I'm gonna tell you that if we go in our day actually with them with, with the mindset to say Jesus you have placed me here and you actually have a plan here and you're going to use me today. And every moment, take take every moment, not as a coincidence, not as it's part of your job, but every moment, let's think about how can we be effective for God. And put all in. It doesn't matter what comes in. Seriously, I, I can tell you this. If you lose your job, you get a better one. Amen? That's actually what, what Jesus ended up saying. If you look on... Uh, Matthew chapter 19, Matthew chapter 19, when we're reading about the rich young ruler, the last part of it is he says, yeah, I got it here somewhere, <laughs> amen, sorry, he says, chapter 29, it says, anyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters, fathers or mothers, wife or children, lands for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. There's nothing that you would ever leave, nothing that you would ever pass up or sacrifice for Christ where you will not be rewarded for. God has everything in his hands. Amen. Christian, would you come up? Or the musicians, would you come up, please? church tonight I pray that God spoke to you or the, the, the word that he had in my heart that God spoke to you about being all in or going all in it's not a uh, it's not a matter of whether you, well if you're living a life in sin that's one thing but I got to tell you that even even church folks, you know, I know some good people. I know some good people live a good life. You know, they're not out there wilding out. They're not living a life of sin. But we've just gotten comfortable. Just gotten comfortable being us. And I can say I've, I've gotten comfortable being being me and living living the life for me. Going to work and having aspirations and my own dreams. But it's not very often that we just that we just take a breather and think, okay, God, you know what? Our time is short. Literally, you know, we can work hard ten years, but it will be absolutely worthless and pointless if we don't get nothing done for God. Because guess what? When you get to eternity, that promotion, that paycheck, the, your degrees, the whole bunch of degrees, ain't gonna matter nothing. Whatever we put on this earth, if it's not for Christ, it's not gonna matter. If it's not making effect in the kingdom of God.